Welcome to this edition of the Gateway Podcast. For more information about our faith community, feel free to visit gatewaychurch.org.nz. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this message. Thanks so much for taking time out of your weekend. We, we appreciate it. Um, this, this evening's service is going to be a little bit different from what is normal here at Gateway. Um, for some time, we've felt a real need to take moments to pray for people to minister to them, to pray, especially for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit upon people's lives. So we did that this morning with our congregation. We plan to do the same again with you. So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to share for about 10, 15 minutes from the Scriptures, set the scene for what we're going to do, and then going to take time to minister to people. And we'll be inviting you to participate and uh, ask that you would be willing to allow the teams that are going to come up the front just to pray for you. I'll explain how that will all unfold at the, at the end of our teaching time. But I want to begin this evening by reading to you a passage from Psalm 119. It's verse 83, uh, and it's from the Living Bible. And David says, I'm shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, exhausted with waiting, but I still cling to your laws and obey them. The Amplified Translation says, For I've become like a bottle, a wineskin, blackened and shriveled in the smoke in which it hangs, yet I do not forget your statutes. And what David does here is paint a vivid picture, and it's a picture of a process that often occurs in our lives. Uh, I'm sure that many of you are aware, as soon as the word wineskin is mentioned, that you'll uh, probably be familiar with a passage in the New Testament and the Gospels where Jesus was likening our lives to wineskins. And he was talking about the fermenting change of new wine and new wineskins, likening our lives to those wineskins. He said, and who will use the old wineskins to store new wine? For the old skins would burst with the pressure and the wine would be spilled and the skins ruined. Only new wineskins are used to store new wine. That way both are preserved. Now, the background to describing your life, my life, like a wineskin comes from ancient times where in that day, liquid was stored in containers or bottles that were made from the skins of animals. Leather vessels of that sort actually are still popular among Bedouin people because of their durability, their portability, their accessibility, since they are mostly uh, pastoral nomads, uh, the animal skins are readily available. Now, initially, when a bottle was made out of a skin, they were soft and supple. They were ideal for containing liquids, particularly wine, as it went through the fermenting process. But, of course, it also was used to store other liquids as well. In Psalm 119, David is making reference to a process that would be very, very familiar to the people of his time. So skins that held liquids would be stored in kitchen areas for easy access. And these ancient kitchen areas often had poor or sometimes no ventilation. And so over time, the smoke from the kitchen fires had the effect of drying out the skins and making them harden and shrivel. And so David is saying, my life has become like a bottle in the smoke. It's become hardened and shriveled. And life has a way of doing that to us. So often we start out our faith journey soft, supple, eager, excited to face life and its challenges, looking forward to seeing God's promises come to pass. 
Over time, life has a way of working on us, sometimes draining and tiring us. We can become weary in the waiting. David speaks of becoming exhausted as we wait. You know, the, the reality is things rarely happen in the purposes of God the way we imagined or in the time frame that perhaps we had hoped for. And over time, activities, ordinary, necessary, and even religious activities have the effect of drying us out. And we can end up in a situation where we really lose our freshness. Losing your freshness is often the first step in a process that's ultimately designed in the purposes of a spiritual enemy to take you much further down the road than simply a little tiredness or a little staleness. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 25 in the Moffat translation says, if you should lose your freshness in the land and deprave yourself by craving an idol. Now in this verse, we have both the beginning of this intended process and the, and the end of it. It starts with us losing our freshness. It ends in idolatry where something else grabs our attention, seizes our allegiance. That's the stark reality, the beginning and the end of the process, losing your freshness, craving an idol. But life isn't quite as stark as that, and there are a lot of intermediate steps between the beginning and the end. And in reality, that process can be subtle, sometimes slow, often very, very difficult to detect. You know, when you look at somebody who's blown out spiritually or blown up their lives, uh, we, we might be shocked. They might announce that they've deconverted or they've left their spouse, they've torn their family apart, and we didn't know it was coming. We were just absolutely shocked by the news. We didn't see it coming, and from our perspective, it often seems like a spur-of-the-moment event and decision, but it almost never is. Nearly always those moments are the visible end of a significant, albeit invisible, process. Somebody once told me many years ago that backsliding is never a blowout, it's always a slow leak. And while we might be shocked with the end process, we didn't see the process, and it was subtle, and it can happen in our lives, and it begins with a sense of us losing that suppleness, that freshness in our relationship with God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus, the Lord of the church, is speaking to the church at Ephesus in chapter 2. I think if you and I were to look in on that church, we would be mightily impressed. I doubt that we would see anything amiss in that church. Outwardly, it was very impressive. And Jesus actually speaks to that. He says, I know your works, your labor, and your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, that you've tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That's a pretty impressive pedigree. And if we were looking in, I think that's what we would see. But Jesus, with his penetrating eyes of fire, looks deeper than what we can see, and he sees a shriveling process that has begun in the heart of this church. And in verse 4 of that chapter, he addresses it, and he says, I've got this one thing against you. You've abandoned the passionate love that you had for me at the beginning. Something of the freshness of that relationship has been lost. It's begun to shrivel. You compare that church with the church that Paul speaks to in Thessalonica. In chapter 1, verse 3, he, he, writing to them, he says, 
I'm remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Now, if you're observant, you'll notice that actually Paul uses exactly the same three words as Jesus used to the church at Ephesus. There's three words that are found in both passages, your work, your labor, your patience. But in the church at Thessalonica, those three words are all linked with an undergirding and motivating quality. These qualities are the eternal qualities mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13. And he says, your work is inspired by faith. Your labor is motivated by love, and your patience is undergirded by hope. In Ephesus, the same three words are used work, labor, and patience, but they are alone and unadorned. The motivating qualities that were there in Thessalonica have somehow shriveled in the church at Ephesus. The outward work continues, but the inward motivations are drying up. And friends, that's what happens when we start to lose the freshness, that suppleness in our relationship with God. We continue to do the right things, but inspiration is beginning to shrivel. And when the motive power of faith, hope, and love disappear, we end up operating out of duty and obligation. We can be as straight as a gun barrel as far as orthodoxy, orthodoxy goes, but we can be as empty as one when it comes to spirituality. And what happens is the lashings of duty replace the longings of love. And like an old poem I read, we become outwardly splendid as of old, inwardly sparkless, void, and cold. Force and fire spent and gone like the dead moon, we still shine on. And there are a lot of saints. In fact, probably there are a lot of churches who are exactly like that. You look at them outwardly, splendid as of old, inwardly sparkless, void, cold. Force and fire spent and gone. Like the dead moon, they still shine on. Somebody once quipped, we give and serve for one of three reasons, grudge giving, obligation giving, or thanksgiving. Because we have to, because we ought to, or because we love to. Our friends, you will never love to unless the, subtle, the, the suppleness, the freshness of your relationship is intact. Once that goes, we are reduced to obligation. And we become somewhat like a king mentioned in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 and 2. His name was Amaziah, and it says of Amaziah, he was 25 years old when he became king. He did that which was right, but he sometimes resented it. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? We do the right thing, but the motivation that once would have made it a delight, we now feel resentful. Compare that with the man that Isaiah speaks of in Isaiah 64 verse 5 when he talks about the person, God moves on behalf of a person who cheerfully or joyfully works righteousness. Amaziah did it, but he resented it. The man in Isaiah does it, and he's, it's his joy. It's his delight. Friends, we need times, regular times in our journey where we come before the Lord and we ask him to soften our hearts to refresh us.
What the ancient Hebrews would do using the analogy of the skin is when they noticed the skin that was hanging in the kitchen was dry and shriveled and in danger of breaking open, they would take it down and soak it in water overnight and then once they dried it out would apply oil to it to make it flexible and supple once again and it had the effect of preserving it. So what we hope to do in this service is actually take time to minister to you and to pray that God would refresh you and anoint you. Thanks for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. Again, check out gatewaychurch.org.nz to find out what's going on within our church.